Max Prestigiacomo is running for the District 8 seat on Madison's Common or City Council. Prestigiacomo was previously the executive director of the Youth Climate Action Team and was the Wisconsin state lead for the March 15th climate strike last year. Currently, Prestigiacomo is a freshman studying political science and history at UW-Madison. Max, thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, as I understand it, you won't actually be running against anyone during this election. The (laughs) filing deadline has come and passed. There was also an extension, but checking with the clerk's office a little earlier today at the moment, and for all intents and purposes, you will be the only name appearing on this ballot. But we still (laughs) think it's important for our listening audience to kind of get to know you a little bit better ahead of April 7th. So, with all of that being said, I'm wondering if you could kind of clearly state why you decided to run for this seat. So growing up in Madison, you know, I've been the students protesting on the streets. Students are protesting at unprecedented rates in the city across the globe, I could say. It seems, you know, every month there's a new, you know, reason for students to be walking out of school. You know, Madison schools, Dane County schools, Wisconsin schools. Um, and, th- and that just proves my point exactly of why I'm running in the first place. And what motivated me to do this was, you know, young people are disenfranchised. And this has been my mission since I've been involved in politics is realizing young people don't have as many opportunities in their <clears throat> in their purview. And that's my huge motivation here is I'm running because young people deserve a vocal and loud voice at the table who will stand up for their rights and be pushing for the issues that, you know, adults or older generations might consider radical. But, you know, what we're seeing is that younger generations are more progressive. You know, they care about the collective responsibility of society as a whole rather than individualism. And that's something that I represent very much. And part of the reason I'm running is because I'm a progressive myself and I see the lack of responsiveness in a whole bunch of these issues, the climate crisis, social justice fair housing, mental health crisis in Madison, education policy, representation on school board, representation on any boards and commissions in this area. And so those are the issues that I'm really running on. And really, it goes back to this idea of youth justice, really bringing young people to the table, making sure they're uplifted and empowered, because that's what they need. So kind of going off of your previous experiences, and I want to get a little more into a couple things that you said in just a moment here. But before we get there, you've done a considerable amount of work with the Youth Climate Action Team. So I'm wondering... (laughs) What experiences did you have with that work that have kind of made you feel prepared to serve as an alder on the city council? Kind of what does that allow you to bring to the table? So I would say me founding Youth Climate Youth Climate Action Team with you know my peers was a symptom of my frustration in general based on like the lack of response on all these issues I just listed. And so with that, my own there's definitely a learning curve through organizing about things that I've learned about the city, about national politics, about Dane County, about Wisconsin, about the United Nations too, and you know the big thing for me was I was a delegate to the United Nations Climate Summit in 2019, and I witnessed this dysfunction. There was huge dysfunction at the international level. Young people were being barred from entering. You know, they were giving platforms to white, affluent celebrities, not the frontline communities. And so that's really what kind of woke me up. It was like, if we can't rely on these international institutions, who are we relying on? Who who will bring us out and not necessarily save us from this catastrophe, but make sure we're prepared for it? And that's, that's where I started looking to local government and grassroots organizing. And it's always been like grassroots organizing is 
important to me, but it was a new sense in the fact that like I now see most of the power and the efficiency in tackling this crisis at the local level. So I, I became kind of like the de facto like local lobbyist just because like localizing the issue of the climate crisis was important to me and that's why I founded the organization because you know it's an abstract issue not a lot of Wisconsinites get to see you know how forest fires has you know impacted and here in Madison we see flooding. That whole localizing the issue and you know becoming that de facto like community person who was talking to the legislators who's talking to city councilors I would go to city council meetings look at the agendas making sure that you know the stuff that needs to get done is you know at least being considered because I didn't think that you know at the time we didn't have adequate representation for us but you know through that organizing local organizing I believe my experience has doubled tripled because I've had these interactions with you know our leaders that I would say most young people don't have access to and I think it's also important for me to say that you know I'm privileged I'm, I'm white and I was able to use this platform to talk to alders talk to Dane County supervisors so that's always something to factor in but I would say my experience really derives from the fact that I've been leading organizing in this community for a while and that essentially I would say is exactly what I would be doing on the council I'm going to be coalition building organizing and fighting for the issues that I care about kind of synthesizing a couple questions here and going off of something you said you've mentioned a couple times now that maybe other youth haven't quite had the same opportunities to do this kind of activism work kind of be in this position where they could be pushing for legislation on the city council and I kind of want to frame this a little bit in the context of last fall when the youth climate action team bumped into a little bit of an issue surrounding (laughs) a bill from the Madison Police Department their kind of stance was that you know this is our procedures, and if there's a way to streamline this in the future, we'd be open to that. But until there is, this is what we're going to do. I'm, I'm wondering if you could kind of talk about, you know, these ideas together. I'm wondering if you have priorities about, you know, helping youth be better activists or be better prepared to do work with the city, or if, you know, you have thoughts about perhaps helping the MPD and the city kind of streamline and clarify their permit application processes for these kinds of sure. events. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm wondering about, yeah, those kinds of priorities and then anything else you might have as kind of something you would ideally push for as we wind down here. So, yeah, that, that was a really unfortunate situation we had to deal with. I'm actually, you know, that's something I'm writing into my policy as well, is that I'm hoping we can find a way to streamline that process while also respecting organizer requests. Because we've rec- Madison has run into multiple, multiple problems with protests and police presence. Specifically, I mean, I can think of the Pride Parade that was supposed to happen. It didn't happen because, you know, the city of Madison can, couldn't come to an agreement about a police presence when we need to actually having those difficult discussions in the first place with the police department, with common council members about how police presence in general is, for some people, it might have a safety effect, but for others, it does not make them feel safe. And that's something that we need to be recognizing just as a whole with our privilege and um, as white people in general just need to recognize, you know, that there's another perspective there and that, you know, our lived experiences also depend on our identity. Going to the young people part, the huge thing for me for young people, so I think there's two aspects of it too as well. Giving them the tools to be engaged. And so that is, you know, if I I were to go through that, I would have, you know, a great opportunity to sit on a border commission. I can give give you multiple instances where I emailed my council member back when I lived on the west side and said, hey, can I get involved? And I never got a response back. And so that's that's the example of how, you know, we have an extensive amount of boards, commissions, and committees in the city of Madison. The largest vacancies come from District 8. What that means is that, you know, young people aren't engaged. They're not making their voices heard. And, you know, we need a leader like myself or a young person in general to be fighting to make sure that we have young people on these boards and connecting 
the issues that we care about to, you know, I, I'm, no one's going to be surprised, but, you know, city issues are kind of boring. <laughs> like that's, you know, just kind of accepted. And I think it's on the district date older or just leaders in the community to connect those issues for young people or guarantee them spots on these committees in the first place. The second part of it, I think, is making sure that they are, young people are taught that they can use their voice. And that starts, you know, really simple with student voice in schools, having a student senate in your high school, making sure like students are taught you know, the civic curriculum right now is very, very lax. And we, you know, I would say we don't have much, but students seem to be realizing that, you know, something they see going wrong in the cafeteria, staff policy or something like that, something as small as that, they can make their voices heard. And so when you start them small like that, and we have the curriculum integrated into giving them the tools, making sure they know how they can use those tools to make their voices heard. Once we get to that point, we can have young people who are feeling very comfortable being a part of these policy discussions where their voices and their opinions matter most. Whereas right now, if you went into a board committee talking about young people, I think you would find most people, you know, with the presumed most valid opinion in that in that room is like older adults, and they've not been in high school for 30, 40 years. So it's, it's these kind of spaces that I want to make sure young people have the tools and the knowledge to be able to make their voices heard and, you know, express their grievances, because that's kind of what government is for. And if there's a certain group not feeling comfortable or not able to, you know, make their grievances heard, then you have a problem right there. And I don't think the city or anyone has adequately addressed this. So I would say, like, we're going to disrupt the power structure in the city by getting young people and guaranteeing them spots on every board and commission and committee in the area because their voices matter and are very important. We have been speaking with Max Giacomo, who is running for Madison City Council. He will be on the ballot for the District 8 seat during the spring election on Tuesday, April 7th. Max, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Yes, thanks so much for having me.